You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. To the third episode this week of the State of Recruiting, your weekly, sometimes thrice weekly, Orange 24-7 recruiting podcast live from a built-in garden in, in College Station, Texas, uh, across the street from the Texas State 7-on-7 tournament. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined by Hudson Standish, and I'm not even going to ask you how you are, Hudson. It's just been a day. Yeah, Mike, with the, in case you've been living under a rock Arch Manning committed to the University of Texas today, earlier in the day. Mike and I have just had kind of wall-to-wall coverage the entire day. This is the third episode of the State of Recruiting. We gave a pretty decent, and I think it'll hold up, recap of Arch's official visit. We had a bonus episode yesterday to kind of give thanks to all the fans who supported us, left a lot of nice comments, got us above 500 likes on the YouTube, left five-star reviews, and now what was supposed to be an official visit preview is now the maybe third edition of an emergency episode for Arch Manning's commitment, which, to be fair, did take over Twitter for the and the college football world for the entire day. Rightly so. I mean, it's it's anytime, again, anytime you have the number one player make a move, it's a big deal, and especially if that player is a Manning or something from, you know, somebody with that high profile of a name. And so, you know, for Texas, this is timing-wise perfect. It leads into a big official visit weekend. Texas is the talk of the nation right now, recruiting-wise. And, you know, I said last week, I think I titled our episode, The Eyes of the Recruiting World Are on Texas. And, and you know, I, they are once again. And so um, let's talk about Manning first. You know, just it feels surreal that we're here and that the decision's been made. And, um, you know, it, it's been such a long recruitment and such a hard-fought recruitment. And I don't know that we've – you know, I, I think it is something that's kind of – special to quarterbacks, maybe receivers and running backs, skill guys where you see these like hyper-focused recruitments play out for this long. But, you know, I got to say for Steve Sarkeesian, who went all in on this, did not recruit another quarterback. There was no clear backup plan if they didn't get Arch Manning. For him to kind of push all the chips in and then win, it's, it's pretty impressive to see from a recruiting standpoint. 
it's amazing. And, you know, it was a gamble that ended up paying off. There were times during the 2021 season where there was a little bit of backtracking of, okay, Texas is going to finish again with another losing record. Looks like that gamble on Arch Manning didn't pay off, but Texas really did stay consistent with Manning and Steve Sarkeesian, A.J. Milwee, and even uh, Michael Taft, the Austin Westlake walk-on DB, who personally hosted Arch on you know almost a half dozen visits, deserve a ton of credit. Yeah, I think when you look at what what made them successful, you can even throw in Terry Joseph, who was very instrumental in the beginning in starting the relationship, and um, you know AJ Milwe, who worked incredibly hard on this one. Um, you know, for, for Milwe, a guy that was hired, and a lot of people questioned his recruiting ability. I mean. I think AJ could probably go two years without landing a guy and live off this one for a little bit. But the relationships were there. The hard work was there. Every time we talked to people around Arch, including his head coach, Nelson Stewart, that was kind of the the main subject was that, hey, there is no magic uh, potion to this deal. It's just been incredibly hard work and, and you know, relentless relationship building. So uh, overall, very, you know, it, it, it you know, it, to quote the A-team, Love it when a plan comes together. Uh, Hudson, do you know what the A-team is? I know what it is. I've never watched it. And also, just one fun thing, too, on A.J. Milwee. I know that Steve Sarkeesian obviously is the focal point that made this happen, in addition to the fact that Arch kind of has always loved Texas. Like, that's a school that he kind of naturally profiles to. But Isidore Newman, head coach Nelson Stewart, did say in an interview earlier today, I saw that he's probably spent more time talking to A.J. Will. Milwee over the past two years than he has his wife. So, I mean, that just goes to show the level of commitment. Yeah, I found, I did a, a, found an old quote, or actually, I think it was a quote from today, where there were a couple times that Nelson walked into the Newman weight room to start the day, and Milwee was already sitting in there with a cup of coffee and the lights on ready to go. So, talk about uh, getting it done. Props to, to AJ Milwee for, for it. Hudson, fit wise, I mean, obviously, he's the number one player in the country, he's a five star quarterback the top quarterback in the nation, clearly. Um, I think, you know, you and I watched some some game footage of him. Just last night. Just last night, yeah. I think one way, and you could talk kind of about his fit, but we saw their offense was pretty RPO heavy, and he's pretty good at, at executing those. Um, how do you think his game kind of translates to the Texas offense? I wrote about this a little bit today, but it's always easier when you're not on the road and you can just speak semi-coherently, I'd say, to get the thoughts out. But Arch Manning's offense at Isidore Newman is very RPO-based, but a lot of that is because they kind of don't have the pieces in place to run a more advanced offense. So it's a lot of quick action. It's a lot of taking advantage of Arch Manning's release and the fact that with that run fake, you're buying him a little extra second. Arch's traits of his elite arm talent, along with his ability to place the ball. Plus, I think what um, 24-7's Cooper Patanga mentioned of his pocket feel really give him the ability in Steve Sarkeesian's offense to have a ton of five-step drops, multiple progression, true scanning the entire field, like pro-level concepts that I don't think a lot of other quarterbacks really can run as a redshirt freshman that I think Arch will. He doesn't get to rep it as much because of his high school, but you can see the traits that easily project to the type of stuff that Joe Burrow was running with the 2019 LSU offense, 
where instead of having to always have six and seven man protections, you can send five guys out on a regular basis because he has the pocket feel and the intelligence um, just from growing up as a Manning and being so involved with Isidore Newman's game planning that he can set five-man protections, always get the right guys blocked, and truly scan the entire field, spreading out defenses to the max. Yeah, and I, you talked about the tools. For me, all those things are impressive about him. I think he's pretty good at everything. His mental processing, I think, is elite. And I think that that's kind of where some of the pedigree and growing up in the family he did comes into play. He just sees the field really well. We saw a couple examples in that game where he his pocket presence and just feel for it allowed him to kind of, you know, be able to be a, ahead of the play and ahead of where the defense was going. And so I think mentally, and when you talk to him, you know, a lot of maturity, a lot of leadership ability, he's a guy that, you know, people want that field general type quarterback. He is that type of guy. And, you know, with his uncles, who they were and the way they played, it's not a surprise. You had a kind of, speaking of the uncles, you kind of had a fun tidbit uh, that you got earlier today, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, so it sounds like Peyton and Eli were in town this week, and Arch was throwing the ball around with them, and then woke up this morning as we're recording this, and uh, just decided he wanted to, to make his commitment. So I don't know how much input they might have had while you know tossing the ball around or anything, but uh, it, it is uh, interesting to me that, that this kind of came off the heels of that. I love the fact that he did end up do uh, doing what we kind of thought he could in that there wasn't a lot of fanfare. He just decided, you know, he made the Twitter account for one reason. And sure enough, his first and maybe only tweet has probably now up to 200,000 likes and is just a very simple committed to the University of Texas. Yeah, it's it was very we, – we were kind of like for a while – trying to figure out, okay, what is the method he's going to announce this? You know, is it going to be – because he doesn't do Twitter or anything like that. Well, I guess we should have known when he created the Twitter. And we were joking today. It wouldn't surprise us if he pushed a button for that uh, Twitter to just detonate and uh, and delete. But, um, by the way, let's get a check on this. Yeah, he's got 187,000 likes and 35 a thousand retweets so and you're it's crazy because people we kind of knew that it would do numbers of course but when you compare that even with reuben owens doing a shock move and going to louisville which you think like it's not even comparable like that is the difference with manning is just that it transcends people that are just following college football or college football recruiting like how many texts did we get today mike from people who aren't in our normal circle that just wanted some piece of intel or some sort of reaction or how did this happen i mean i've had so many buddies from college who uh, are surprised and now asking if this affects quinn yours in any way this was so off their radar but it still hit them and and no if any of them are listening you know this does nothing for quinn this is exactly uh what the plan has always been i've been asked that question a million times today and i just don't get it like i i I don't think Arch has ever said, I need to be the starter from day one. And, you know, I think time-wise it works out where Quinn, if Quinn is what everybody thinks he is, is a guy that could, you know, play two years and then be eligible for the NFL, which would lead to a redshirt freshman Manning being able to compete for the job. So, yeah, it's a weird question. It it works out perfectly. And also, too, like I get that not everybody's going to read our updates, but I do think one of the bigger nuggets that we posted throughout Arch Manning's official visit was 
that he and Quinn were kind of attached at the hip on Saturday. And that was when we started getting the vibes are immaculate quote and a bunch of other stuff to where you kind of felt like the entire football program was all in and they were all working together for Manning. But it's just that type of stuff of people. And, you know, it's not even just uh, fans or people that aren't paying attention. You know, a little bit of a call out, but like the athletic Stuart Mandel, who is a pretty respected uh, journalist in the college football world, was tweeting about how it's going to be, you know, loser leaves town for those two. No, of course not. They wouldn't be talking together about how they can make each other better on an official visit if that were the case. It's just silly. It's just also never the case at Alabama when Alabama gets another five-star quarterback or USC with Caleb Williams and Malachi Nelson. Nobody's talking about, oh, does Caleb Williams transfer now that they've got Malachi Nelson? I mean, it's just – it's a really weird question to me. It's and I think it's just people being out of touch with the recruiting world and that's exactly. And, and those people like to come in when there's some clout moments to be had, absolutely, and, and try to grab some of that. And it's you know my thoughts on it are is we spend every day in it, so like I I don't have a lot of respect for the outsiders in that case for sure. And I think there is a little bit of a difference too, and we've talked about this between having a take and not necessarily all the way being in the know, and then projecting like you're in the know when in reality you don't and you know i mean ari wasserman kind of got that same you know that same comeuppance i guess with going on fine bomb and acting like he knew with uh saying that arch was just going to take it till national signing day and these schools were in it and no he's not even close to a decision and then the next day this happens so i mean i don't know man overall it's just extremely extremely exciting that this happened for texas and like you mentioned earlier and i kind of want to circle back to this couldn't happen at a better time leading into your biggest official visit weekend this type of momentum mike we're hearing a lot of really exciting things not just on the offensive side of the ball either like you know, this this 2023 class could really make those top three ceiling uh, expectations now with Arch in the boat. I think that's a good way to transition into kind of this weekend, some new crystal balls we've entered, all those sorts of things. So let's talk about the new crystal balls. Uh, the biggest one I would say is Jontae Cook, the five-star wide receiver I think, from Minnesota. I think he's in the same tier as one other, and then the other two are in a separate tier. Like, there yeah. are two big ones that got entered today from us. Yeah, Jontae Cook and Cedric Baxter. And, um, you know, with Jontae, I think it was trending that way for a while. I think even without Arch, Texas was in the driver's seat for that recruitment. Um, and then with Cedric Baxter, it's kind of, it's not that connected to Arch. We just have felt really good coming off of his official visit with the intel we've received uh, that Texas is, again, in command there. You know, in fact, we've talk to people near Baxter who don't feel he's he's that much swayed by Manning. We just think, you know, th- that pick would have probably been entered at some point anyway. Exactly. Um, and then the other two I do think are, are a little bit swayed by Arch. Jonah Wilson of, of Decaney and Mikhail Harrison, pilot of Temple. Now Harrison, pilot, again, another kid who after last week, I think Texas made a major move with, a guy that I think that they, you know, if you, if you read into what he told us, really did a great job with on that visit of, making him feel like a priority, showing him where he could be used in their offense and and that sort of thing. And then, you know, General Wilson, I think, has just kind of been a guy we figured would eventually end up at Texas. And now I think this could be a case of, okay, he's coming in this weekend. The time's kind of right for him to make make a move. I think the people who, like, kind of religiously consume our content, which we appreciate a ton, and I obviously the DMs today have been a little bit busy, but we're going to 
get to all of the nice things that everybody's kind of been sending us. But people who follow our content religiously probably noticed a little bit of a tone shift on Jante too, with a little bit of certainty. And again, this is not a reactionary crystal ball. This is a, okay, it's time to make things public, I think, with this pick. With Cedric Baxter, I think you nailed it. And, I, and one thing that's kind of fun with Jonah Wilson, just to mention, is he's almost being recruited a bit at a separate position in that like he stacks up in, on the board in a different spot than a lot of other guys because Brennan Marion really does want that X receiver, that bigger body. And so he's kind of always had a spot, and him being pursued as heavily as he is when with some other colleges, maybe he's a bit of a, a fringe between contingency and lower uh, tier guy. Like I think that Texas has just nailed it with wide receiver recruiting and I mean we'll still see with Jaquez Petaway and Jalen Hale if they can make some momentum and get an all-time class so Cook and Wilson will be in this weekend Cook will be here at the state championships and then start his official visit as soon as that is over also some you know there's some other big names coming to campus including Connor Stroh, Jaden Chapman, uh, Darian Gallette, Darian Gallette, Braylon Shelby a lot of big names, Hudson. I don't want to. We're going to write a visit preview. Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill. How do we forget him? Um, I don't want to go too deep into it because we're going to write a visit preview. And to be honest, we've literally been going all day, and I still have to write the visit preview. Uh, so I need some gas left in the tank. But what kind of pops out to you about this uh, particular visit weekend? I think getting some needed momentum on the offensive side of the ball. Can the left hand feed the right? Like, can Texas use that offensive surge to get some guys trending in the right direction on the defensive side of the ball? With Darian Gallette and Anthony Hill on campus, that gives you two major opportunities to just crush it with linebacker recruiting, considering the fact that they already have Samaje Burrell in the boat. And as we've kind of said since his official visit, like, things look pretty decent for Leona Leifaus, you know, where some people were a little bit writing him off just because Pac-12 schools were always thought to be um, the leader there. So defensive side of the ball, Braylon Shelby, I think, is the national head-to-head recruitment that maybe is going the most under the radar with USC and Texas just throwing haymakers at each other. Can Texas respond after USC really did make a giant statement out in Hollywood this past weekend? Yeah, I think that's the big one for me. I think Braylon Shelby has emerged as like, I'm talking probably like a top five priority player on the Texas board. Just from a position of need, a guy with his body who can get after the quarterback is uh, definitely a need. And, and from you know from our intel, USC has really made a, a big impression on him. So Texas is going to have a lot of work to do to make sure they can win him over this weekend. I think that another thing people should keep an eye on Texas does look very good for Jaden Chapman right now. And I think that this arch momentum, in addition to the fact that Texas has just been crushing this recruitment with Kyle Flood offering Chapman the first of any school, just from the jump, Texas has kind of raced out to a lead. Now, Mike, is there any sort of chance that instead of setting the floor with, you know, three or four takes, maybe they just take Chapman and one other and try to national, you know, hunt nationally elite guys who could be swayed by Arch, and you know, do a little bit more uh, seeking out. I think that's something interesting to consider. Yeah, it could be. You know, there are some names we've heard. I know Arch has been in touch with Caden Proctor, the five-star offensive lineman out of Iowa. Now, 
we've talked to people who don't believe that that's really going to be an option for Texas. So I'll kill that there. But we, you know, we did hear there were a lot of prospects reaching out to Texas today after the visit and everybody's always going to want to kind of be a part of that wave. Um, I think we could see some unexpected names in the next couple of weeks, maybe pop up as potential commits or even, you know, just big targets. Absolutely. And the crazy thing is too, we mentioned the nugget where Arch kind of invited Raul Aguirre to campus. I mean, shoot, Arch might be the point man for some of these guys now. It's not just going to only be recruits deciding to reach out to Texas. Like, Arch is that type of communicator where he's on the phones with these guys. I mean, before he was even committed, he was constantly working the phones. Now, I imagine it's just going to go tenfold. Yeah, and that's, you know, the thing is, he's not one of those guys that's out there. He's on Twitter. He's constantly tweeting at guys or anything. But he's been so active behind the scenes talking to guys and trying to set these groups up that it's been kind of fun. It's, it's kind of a running game we play. It's like, hey, do you talk to Arch? Because in my mind, it's like, does Arch think you're good enough? To exactly. <laughs> and also, I think a lot of recruits like it because sometimes <coughs> other recruits will blow up their spot a little bit in public and recruiting in places. And it's not fun. It's a bit of a like real G's move and silence like lasagna type thing with Arch where it's just like you get the call from him and it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I might need to go to Texas. Another dynamic here that I think is interesting is – how this impacts the Louisiana guys that Texas has already been targeting. We know that they're in a really good spot for Jordan Matthews out of uh, Woodlawn and Baton Rouge regardless. But could this be enough for Derek Williams to just get that extra little bit of, okay, we're doing a little bit of a you know boot to Austin movement. Maybe on this upcoming official visit, I'll really give it a harder thought. I think they're already in a good spot for him, but it's just those little things that make it a little bit fun. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, Derek's a guy that I believe he will be on campus this weekend as well. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a lot going on, man. I I wish I had more for you. I I feel like this is our third episode. I feel a little drained. I'm, my brain's a little fried. Anything else you want to go over? I can't think of anything right now other than, I mean, shoot, just, I mean, Mike, that might be it. I mean, this again, this is podcast number three or. Whatever. Well, it's podcast number three for us. I feel like I've done four or five either podcasts or video interviews today on art. A lot so of articles. Written a lot of words. So we're, we're a little fried. We apologize. But we've given you three this week. So yeah, I think and we've, we've, we've really surpassed. For sure. And also, it'll be one of those things, too, to where if it keeps on rolling, maybe Saturday night I'll do a spaces with a couple of people and we'll have a fun uh, chat. But I think that might do it. All right. For everybody listening, we appreciate that. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the likes, all those things on on the YouTube page. That's what's got you the extra uh, episodes. Do you have a new challenge you want to lay down or something? Well, I'll say this. I'm out of town for the next Yeah, uh, I was about week. to say, I'm going to wait until you get back from vacation. I mean, shoot. With, with you being on vacation, I might have to do like eight emergency episodes. So who knows? All right. Well, for Hudson Sanders, I'm Mike Roach. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, y'all.
Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.